All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. It's talking with Derek Vandegrift. We've had a little bit of a long weekend and a long week, and it's only going to get longer, right, Derek? Yeah, yeah, we've we still got a few more days of this, it seems like. Uh, you know, between the whole Twitter fiasco on, on Monday night with the – uh, Sokolov report and then Lane just basically burying him there for, you know, a couple hours on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Yeah, the problem I have with Lane Kiffin in that situation is for somebody that was so against answering any question about taking yeah. the Auburn, it was you doth protest too much in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, if you, you sit there and preach, you know, for the last two, three weeks, whatever it's been, you know, pro mindset we don't talk about that kind of thing it's all business here on to the next game this that and the other our players don't see it they don't think about it no you know we don't talk about it with them and then he gets on twitter and goes on this huge rant because somebody reported that he actually was leaving yeah and also um apparently today jonathan hess put out a tweet that says he was staying but that's not what lane kiffin said um, Chuck Roundsville at on three reported almost immediately. He's like, no, Lane said he hasn't signed a contract. And if he did, yeah. he'd let him know. But he didn't say he was staying. And this is so much, this is turning into a he said, she said. This is just turned into a mess, Derek. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's a, it's quite a roller coaster, right? You know, you, you, you see that from Jonathan Hess, you know, a player on the team. You think, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe there is something to him actually staying. You know, you, you kind of want to keep that little bit of uh, – optimism in the back of your mind uh, or most people wanted to before you know monday night at least i think a lot of people are kind of over it at this point but you know to to see that and then immediately the report come out it's like well you know that's not really what he said he said that he hasn't talked to anybody about a job but if it changed he would let them know so they didn't find out in the media and uh so yeah it's just one thing right after another back and forth you know report disputing report and you know just depends who you listen to at this point yeah, and if you go over to the Locked On Auburn page, which I would recommend you doing, but today's show might be a little bit raw for everybody, they actually ponder on there. There's a segment that they're talking about it where they were worried during the talk, Walk of Champions that we would two-face Lane Kiffin, like throw acid in his face or something like it Absolutely uh-huh. weird. Yeah, absolutely yeah. weird stuff. And A, I don't know where that's coming from, but I mean... I guess we can understand a little. I, I don't understand. That was such a weird thing to hear. Yeah, man. This uh, this sport of college football is something else, right? I mean, the the things that people come up with and the things that they say. You know, uh, I'm as about as big of a diehard Ole Miss football fan as they come. You know, been going to games with my dad and brother for 29 years now, and you know, something like that's never crossed my mind. I mean, the the most egregious thing that I've thought of since all this started was whether or not Lane Kiffin's going to get booed when he's announced on Thursday night as the coach at Ole Miss during the Egg Bowl. You know, honestly, he probably should. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, if I was going, I, I probably would. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of fed up with all of this. You know, and if he stays, great. You know, I mean, winning cures all, obviously. But you uh, – I, I don't know if I'd say that. Ended. On Tuesday, oh, if he would have kept winning, he, he everything would have been – or Monday or before all of this happened, if he would have yeah. won, he could have been – now it's going to take a little bit more than just winning because you have a fan base that I would honestly say, if you look on Twitter, 
is 85 to 90 percent against him yeah and, yeah they they are right now yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing uh, but they that can change if he comes out and signs a contract extension you know and gets stuff set up for next year brings our players back and all that still stuff ha- that everybody's talking about he still has to do a mea culpa tour. He's going to have to glad hand. He, they're going to. He's going to have to get on the Rebel Road Trip if he stayed oh, yeah. at Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, all, all of that would be something that he has to do. That maybe if he wouldn't have done this, he wouldn't have had to do it. And yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward. Now, Ole Miss is a post Lane Kiffin brand. Let's just for a second pretend that he goes to Auburn and just move forward. November 30th, you know, and talking about that. What does a post-Lane Kiffin Ole Miss look like? Uh, Well, you know, look, uh, if Lane ends up going to Auburn or somewhere else down the road, one one thing that you can't argue is that Ole Miss is in a better position now than it was when Lane Kiffin got here. You know, he's he really has done a good job in so far three years as head coach. You know, he's he's built us into this big brand now. You know, we're, we're nationally recognized. And, uh, you know, it's obvious from our administration that we're willing to invest in that. You know, if the reports are true with the contract that we offered him, a base salary around 9.5, 9.6, by the time you get done with incentives, because if if you're paying a coach that much money, you're going to hit your incentives or it's going to be an epic failure anyway. You're talking about 10 plus million dollars a year. And then on top of that, the the NIL money we've raised and, you know, it's kind of weird that Kiffin kind of goes out and helps us raise all that money just to bolt to another school, right? Uh, but that's that's one thing that's out there too, though. You know, we've got. Uh, I, I don't think he helped we, us raise that money. That, that I'm going to stop you right there. I don't think I think everybody assumed that that was done, and they took that upon themselves. I don't think Lane Kiffin did that, but this is a monster that he created in September, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, but I I think more the. The way I look at it is the way he helped raise the money is because of all these rumors. Everybody's wanting to show that they're going to, you know, in, invest in the NIL because of the reports that were out there that Ole Miss was behind in it and they need to get money together for players and all that. You know, I, I think that's why a lot of people started joining here in the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously Walker Jones and those guys have done a really good job with it. You know, all, all, all the credit goes to them as far as doing it. Uh, but Lane definitely had a part in it, I think, because of all the rumors swirling around. But either way, when you take the salary that we're willing to pay a head coach, the NIL money that we've raised, I mean, we, we should be a very, very attractive job. I mean, look, we're, what, is it uh, third or fourth in the SEC and wins in the last two years? You know, this is the most dominant conference in America, right? And and we're showing games in this conference and that we're willing to invest in that program for any head coach that comes along. Now, are we going to go pay $9.5 million to whoever the next guy is if Lane Kiffin leaves? I don't know. You know, it kind of depends what his pedigree is, you know, and, and what the market value for him would be. But it shows you that that if you come in, you put in the work, you, you've got a good base of players, you've got money to not only keep those players, but go get more players to fill in around them and, and a fan base and administration that's willing to – give you any sort of resources and money that you need to keep it going at a really, really high level. All right. Well, which direction would you look for? If we were going to do a Derek Vandy Griff hot board, who would be three names on that mm. list? All right. The, the Derek Vandy Griff hot board. This will mm. be, um, 
I'm sure Keith Carter is racing to this video right now to figure out. Oh what yeah, I'm going to say. Sa same with me. Although, by the way, I put out my hot board and they somebody below it just replied back with a six and put my name on there. It's like you don't want me to be the head coach. I'm just hot air and opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, look, you you've got to swing for the fences. I think. I think first you got to sit there and go for sitting Power Five coaches uh, in no particular order. Um, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. There's been whispers of some uh, kind of friction between him and, and that administration, however true that is. Obviously, I don't know. I don't follow Oklahoma State that closely. But obviously, he's he's done a heck of a job. He's run a program that's right there with Ole Miss as far as number of wins over the last couple of years in Power 5. You know, they, they've done a really good job over there. Uh, I would think that he would be interested in jumping from the Big 12 to the SEC and the, with the current state of college football and conference realignment and all that stuff. Uh, but because you don't know what the future of the Big 12 is, uh, you know, obviously with the expanded playoff and all that, there's probably going to be a spot for them. But, you know, how high can you get in that college football playoff, though? You know, you, you want the easiest road possible. Obviously, if you get to the SEC, you build a winner and you're able to win the conference, you're getting that first round by and that's one less game you're going to have to play. So that's one advantage playing in the SEC. And we don't know how that would be in the Big 12 right now. Um, I've, I've heard from a few people, you know, that James Franklin would be interested. And I don't know how true that is. Uh, but look, it's a guy that's coached in the SEC. And not only did he coach in the SEC, he coached at Vanderbilt. And not only did he coach at Vanderbilt, he won at Vanderbilt. How many back to people back nine seasons. That? Yeah, I know, you know, and, uh, mm. you know, that, that classic game that Ole Miss played in Nashville against him when Franklin was there, you know, when uh, Jeff Scott broke that big run, uh, Really, really good teams up there at Vanderbilt. He's had some good teams up at Penn State, too, you know, but maybe he would be interested in coming back to the SEC. And, you know, that's uh, obviously we, we can pay a lot of money if, if that's what it comes to, but it's something he's familiar with. He's familiar with the area, obviously familiar with the conference, just a separate division. So so that's another name. Um, let me see. Number three. Uh, I'm not sure how crazy I am about it, but there's been a lot of talk about prime right i mean the what what he's done down there at jackson state and and look it's incredible what he's done down there you know he's he's pulling you know some of the top players in the country to come play in the swack at jackson state and you know of course he's running through through them down there you know just how athlete and people my, my question would be is when he got here uh obviously he'd be able to get the athletes he, he would have more resources to do so so you would think we would have tons of players how would they, they be able to turn that to a product on the field that would win in this conference? You know, obviously you would probably look at uh, up in the assistant pool, right? That would be one thing that would be big for him. Give him plenty of money to go out there and fill out this really good staff around him to kind of help manage all of these duties and, and help with the coaching on, on, on both sides of the ball. But, you know, as, as far as a leader of a program and what he can bring to your school, he's uh, obviously uh, – he immediately – grabs the national attention, you know, Deion Sanders at an SEC school, right? And then uh, with with all the players, you're going to be able to get into any living room you want to. And, look, he's a heck of a salesman when he gets in there. Like, like I said, you know, he got the number one player in the country to come play for Jackson State, you know. And, and you can't really even overlook the outside of the Ole Miss NIL money, you know. What about the Barstool NIL money? If there's a little bit there for him to get maybe one or two players, uh, you know, that's – 
there's no doubt he could get the players, you know, but but I, I think we'd have to give him enough money to surround himself with the right people to help run the program. The one problem you're going to have with Deion Sanders is he's an Under Armour guy to the point where Jackson State had to change from Nike to Under Armour. So would he go to a Nike uh-huh. school? So that is something that is a little bit in the air there. And also on the James Franklin stuff, the elephant in the room on him is – just he was in Jamaica when all of that went down. I was in a TV yeah. station in Nashville. He was in Jamaica and I had to come back um, to deal with it. So the stuff that happened yeah. in the immediate aftermath, not him. So yeah, um, that's the reason he's coaching at Penn State right now. Honestly, because if he had done yeah. what he's yeah. rumored to done, he's not coaching football right now, especially not at Penn State after what Correct. they went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So let's turn our attention real quick to the Egg Bowl, Derek. Um, not too much. What do you expect in this game? And give me a prediction for it. Ah, uh, yeah, man. It's kind of hard to know what to expect after watching last Saturday, right? You know, mm. you kind of wonder how how locked in not only the players but, quite frankly, our coach is for this game. Uh, hopefully, they're locked in. You know, there's there's guys out there that's going to be playing their last regular season collegiate game you know it's not going to get that shot at the nfl or anywhere else you know uh and and they've done a lot for this program so you know you you hope for them that they're able to go out on top win uh a third straight egg bowl uh there's obviously mississippi kids on that roster that that want this game really badly and you know hopefully lane wants it too you know i i would hate to think that if he is on his way out he doesn't want to go out losing his last two games. So, uh, but, you know, it's going to be the same formula we talk about. You're going to see a whole bunch of Quinshawn Judkins and, you know, Zach Evans too. You know, he had a heck of a game Saturday. We haven't talked about that, me and you mm-hmm. hadn't uh, on here, the Arkansas game, you know, but they, you know, they, they just sat there and just ran all over them, just couldn't get it in the end zone early enough. And, uh, but, you know, there's a chance Zach Evans gets to that 1,000-yard mark, so so we have two 1,000-yard rushers on this team, uh, which would be a heck of an accomplishment, obviously. And uh, so you know we're it's kind of that same form. We'll sit there and run the ball and just pray to God we can tackle this week because it seems to be a week-to-week thing right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, who? What's the prediction you have for this game? Oh man, uh, <laughs> give me. Give me Ole Miss 35-31. Ooh, okay. Going with an offensive shootout. Now, it's supposed to rain all day Thursday. Yeah, 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 I know. But Mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, with with us and our ground game, that's just kind of what what we're going to do. We're going to sit there and just kind of run it no matter the weather. And quite frankly, I'm not too – I'm not too sure we're going to be able to tackle them whenever they do run all those different little mesh routes and crosses and all that gets to the middle of the defense and all. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see this get getting on up there. Yeah, this could be a game where an 8-3 and three team in Ole Miss, when something bad happens, they lay down and they look like a 3-8 and eight team. Picture that Louisiana yep. Tech game from 2011. Yeah, yeah, 11, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was pretty disappointing. I was in the stands for that one too. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Derek, thank you very much for stopping by and thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. 
It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Derek, thank you very much for stopping by next week. We'll, we'll regroup and figure out what's going on, bud. Yeah, yeah, we sure will, man. I appreciate it. Hi, Toddy. Hi, Toddy. Hi, <laughs> Toddy.